Like the great shows of our time, I know you guys have been desperately waiting for Season 2, Episode 28 of A Gentleman's Chat. It's still Season 1. Uh, <laughs> it's... I did. I have contemplated making just a random season change. Just a random one season change. Episodes, yeah. Like it's just oh, it's a new season now. Yeah, just add in like season one point five. Yeah, I, the problem is that when this gets sent out to all the different countries and continents that watch it, and all the different streaming platforms, we're talking Google Podcasts, we're talking iTunes, we're talking all those sorts of places, Stitcher and um, Outcasts. Maybe there's like another new one that we've been picked up by, which is wild. Um, they categorize by season, so if we did like a season two, it would just get lost or something ridiculous. Oh, so what I meant to say is episode 28 of what will be an indefinite season one of yes. A Gentleman's Chat. Hey, hey, you know what? We're at least doing better than uh, Game of Thrones. It didn't take us three years to come out with a new season. Oh, yeah. I never watched Game of Thrones. Not Me my neither. cup of tea. No, I... I watched one episode. One episode with my significant other, and it was really bad. I know I'm going to offend most of our base out there. Yeah. It was nothing but weird, weird sex. One was like um, borderline rape where it was unsolicited Ooh. sex. And then Ooh. one was incest. Ooh. All in the first episode. And then they killed someone's dog. And well, technically it wasn't a dog. It was a wolf. But and that was wow. it. That was the entire episode. And I'm like, you know what? The show's not for me. Yeah, Gentleman's Chant does not stand behind borderline <laughs> rape and incest. Yeah, uh, from what I recall, I wasn't paying the most attention because, like I said, not not well. But it was borderline because uh, the ruler of one kingdom sold his sister to another kingdom right. to like be wed and used as a object. Mm. Yeah, and it's <laughs> <laughs> just hitting me right now. There is an army of 15-year-olds that watch this show now. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sitting, I'm doing my teaching, right? And my cooperating teacher, in the middle of a lesson, there's a, a room of freshman high schoolers. And she goes, uh, Billy, you got a podcast, don't you? <laughs> oh, God. And, of course, all these kids want to know about it. And then so we're talking about it. And a week later, some kid walks in and says, hey, I'm like, Eight episodes into your podcast, dude, it's really good. And I was like, you're 15. You have no idea the things we're talking about. You don't <laughs> Apparently they do. Hey, Game of Thrones, that's something they can probably relate to. They probably can. They're, them and their family probably gathered around and watched borderline rape and incest happen. No, the, the incest part wasn't borderline. It was actually oh. a brother and sister, oh. like, on screen. Oh, well. Doing it. Yeah. Well, mercy yeah. me. And then I'm pretty sure, yeah, the brother tried to kill the kid. Oh, wow. If I'm spoiling the very first episode of Game of Thrones for anyone, I don't really care. It's your fault. <laughs> it's been out for at least four minutes. I was going to say The Witcher, but that's just a better show. Oh, yeah. The and Witcher the, is from, substantially from the three better. three episodes I've seen of it, I have yet to finish the first season. The second <laughs> season, I don't know how many seasons are out there anymore. I've watched them all with you. I think two. I think okay. there's two seasons of The Witcher, and I can confirm all of them are better than the single episode I've suffered through of Game of Thrones. <laughs> suffered through? <laughs> Speaking of suffered through, I heard that you went to Panda Express the other day, and you had an, a, a roar of a time. Yeah. So I want to hear about it. I've been excited to hear this. Sure. It was definitely an experience. <laughs> uh, for, for background information, Panda Express has actually always been my second least favorite like fast food chain anyhow i just despise panda express it's a new york company that has the worst abomination of what they think chinese food is and i just cannot stand it that and it's like twice as expensive than if we go to like a local chinese restaurant right so why on earth would i ever go to panda express it's like going to noodles and company instead of exactly. making butter noodles yourself <laughs> exactly um and then the only other uh, chain I put below that was Taco Bell because <laughs> obvious reasons. <laughs> yeah. So we, I get in the car. She wanted Panda Express. I already already eaten, so I, she's like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll eat Panda Express. I know you're not going to get anything there." And I'm like, "Yeah, you're damn right, I'm not." So we go to Panda Express, and when we pull in the parking lot, there are far too many people at Panda Express. There was a line of about I don't know twenty thousand cars or something like that 
<laughs> or just 20, one or the other. But either way, substantially too many. And I'm sitting here, I'm like, okay, that's another strike for Panda Express. Because I have them on my second to last uh, strike for a fast food chain. Right. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, if there's 20 cars piled up here, it's not fast food. And if it's not fast food, like, how can I put it on a fast food chain? It's a good point. So we sit and wait there. We wait about five minutes for the first car to pull forward in the chain to go up. And then someone comes from the side road, because our Panda Express has two entry points. One that loops around from the actual parking lot, and one that comes straight off a street. So someone decides to pull in from the street, still in the actual entry from the street, very illegal, just chilling there, and cut us off because we went around the parking lot and waited like, you know, normal human beings. Well, like a decent person would. <laughs> At this point, uh, this actually bothered um, Emma far more than it bothered me. She was furious. She told me to flash my brights and whatnot, <laughs> but because I was like circled around the parking lot, I didn't want to flash my brights or anything because there's like eight other cars in a row that are all going to get hit by it. I'm like, eh, oh well, I'll take my losses, cut my losses. So we're sitting in the drive-thru for, I don't know the exact time, but by the time we had our order done, it was like 47 minutes in. Holy smokes. So it was a good like 40 minutes of just waiting. And each car, it took forever to get up there. So I'm like, who goes to Panda and not know knows what they want? Panda doesn't have like, a huge menu or right. anything. Right, it's, it's, do you want rice? Yeah. Yes or no? It's actually, it's yeah. a one-step question. <laughs> rice or the new, or the lo mein or chow mein, whatever. Sure. And th that's it. That's pretty much it. So, we finally get up to the window. 40 minutes later, I'm really irritated. I'm not taking it too well. Uh, Emma's still hanging in there, aside from the person ahead of us. She's still really furious with them. <laughs> and... The very first thing that came out of the intercom that they have at the drive-thru is, uh, can you give us a minute? We'll be right with you. And I'm like, uh, sure. I don't, I don't, you're just taking an order. I don't know why I need to wait. But we do. And then we wait and we wait. And like seven minutes has passed with nothing. Like radio silence. I'm sitting there. I'm like, did they just close? Like, are they coming back? We had no idea. Lo and behold, seven minutes later, they did come back and like, oh, thank you for that. Um, what would you like to eat? And Emma, by this time, believe it or not, has given me a list of what she wants with to a T because we've had plenty of time. And I'm like, right. okay, but before I could start, she's like, oh, I should tell you we're out of a couple things. <laughs> oh, no. And this is the first time I was like really concerned because this was a Wednesday evening. It's not like... <laughs> Not like a Friday night or a Saturday night where they might have been really busy or they haven't stocked up for the week or whatnot. This was smack dab in the middle of a week on a Wednesday where not necessarily the most trafficked day for people going out. And then she begins to list a couple things at first, like the Shanghai beef, the beef and broccoli, the walnut chicken. And then she continued to list oh God. the entirety of the menu. Which, circling back in my mind, made a lot of sense because when we first pulled up, it was actually quite dark. It was overcast, and it was about, like, 8.30 at this time, so quite dark. And the menu wasn't backlit at all. It was completely dark. Oh! And I originally thought that the bulbs went out, or they accidentally turned it off or something. Right. No, they were just accurately describing what they had available. <laughs> because by the end, they had... Two items. They had one of their chicken dishes, and they had orange chicken. Those are the only two things in the entire menu that they had available. Wow. <laughs> and I'm like, that's not a couple things. That's everything. What are what are you guys yeah, doing? Yeah, we're missing just a couple things. One or two items only. But this actually lightened my mood about the people ahead of me a little bit. Because they were taking quite a while, and I'm like, why would they do that? And then I realized... Oh, yeah, a dad who just got off work is going to get family food, but then he right. has to recall home and say, Oh, by the way, everything you guys wanted, you can't have. What do you want? Right. We have rice or orange chicken. You, which one? Golly. <laughs> so we actually end up ordering, and though she didn't get what she wanted, but she got a close-ish approximation. She wanted orange chicken as one of her things, because I guess you get two main dishes and then the side. Okay. Um, she got orange chicken. 
And then she got another thing of orange chicken because that's all they had. And then she wanted a side order of crab rangoons because she really likes those. And I ordered them. And for whatever reason, she said, no problem. And then I ordered a side of sweet and sour sauce. And she's like, okay, no problem. She rings it all up. And then just before she tells me to pull forward, she's like, oh, wait, I forgot to mention. We are completely out of sweet and sour sauce. What? And I, How do you run out of sweet and sour? You're a Panda Express. That was exactly what was running through my mind. I sat there and I'm like, it's a Wednesday evening and you as a Panda Express run out of sweet and sour sauce. Some big baller show up and <laughs> buy up all the sweet and sour? What the heck? Right? Sweet and sour sauce, which comes with everything at a Panda Express. Holy smokes. And I've seen like fast food, how they deal with sauces and whatnot. They have like a big tub of yeah. it in the back and whatnot. How do you run completely out of sweet and sour sauce? So then she's like, well, then I don't want the creme ragoon. So I'm like, okay. Nah. And then we pull forward. And finally, we get the closest approximation to our food. And they acted like nothing was the matter. <laughs> like absolutely nothing happened. I would hate that. <laughs> and by this time, I was sitting at a drive through for like 47 minutes now. And I'm like, okay, well, now I'm hungry. So I went to what usually, because it's re- re- relatively close here, I went to what is usually an incredibly long experience. I went to Popeye's, and I got, I ordered and got my food and whatnot in like two and a half minutes from Popeye's, which, wow. uh, especially in our area, this has been a reoccurring theme from all the Popeye's I've been to, but Popeye's are tend to be pretty slow service. They don't... They're, they're, they're they also the busy. Deep south. Yeah, they are very busy. Yeah, it's like Chick-fil-A around here. I mean, when, yeah. when lunchtime rolls around, it's a line, probably oh, yeah. a half a mile long of cars. Chick-fil-A has a distinct advantage, though, um, in our neck of the woods, because our Popeyes has the worst setup with their little drive-through, yeah. Yep. As and they only have the one lane, where our Chick-fil-A has a massive two-lane drive-through. Yep. Um all pretty much automated and whatnot and they have people out there taking orders ahead of time they have it down to a science whereas popeyes just kind of rolls with it (laughs) um but yeah that actually i was impressed by my popeyes experience and panda actually dropped below taco bell wow yeah that's a tough wednesday exactly i'd go to like taco hell more than i would go to panda now wow and that's saying something for me that's tough because there's a, a Chinese place just down the road from the Panda Express, like a real one. Yeah. That's open later than Panda <laughs> Express. It's funny, you were mentioning Popeyes, and I was thinking my better half went to Popeyes a couple weeks ago. And she does not have glowing reviews. She got <laughs> into the drive-thru, and she said it was actually relatively short. She was hungry, she wanted lunch, it was like 1 o'clock in the afternoon. And uh, she gets up to the, to the window, and the gal bullied her, like for her order... <laughs> She's like, you know, what, you know, she wanted a lemonade. Oh, we don't have lemonade. Or, or she's like, she wanted, um, it was like a medium lemonade. She said, well, we don't have a medium. You can have it in two tiny little cups. You can have one giant <laughs> cup if you want a large. <laughs> so my girlfriend's like, I guess I'm having a large now. <laughs> so she, she got bullied by this gal in the, in the Popeye's bathroom. So she's, she's not going to Popeye's ever again. Uh, she's too nice. She I, is too I, nice. I don't take that, especially in a drive-thru. What are they going to do Grab me through the what? intercom. That's what I said. I'm gonna be like, no. I'm gonna order a medium, and if I get there and you don't have something figured out, that's on you. Tough business <laughs> yeah, for you. Exactly. That I just keep driving, and you just made stuff for nothing. That's exactly it. I had a um, the only time I've sat in a drive-through line for more than three minutes was when I was in St. Louis not that long ago. Actually, Ooh, only I'm a couple sorry to of weeks ago. I know. The <laughs> hammer murder capital of the world. You know, it's it's the, it's the true fact. It's a St. Louis staple, honestly. So we're down there, and we're picking up her sister from um, army training. Okay, we pick her up. Great. Go to our overnight spot. Get up the next morning. We're like, hey, she, the, the, the sister, wants to go to Starbucks. I've never been to Starbucks. I'm not a Starbucks guy. I don't know if anyone knows that about me just by listening to me over these last 28 chats. Not what I'm into. Um, in fact, the only coffee shop I will ever go to is a really tiny local place in a little town 25 minutes from here. <laughs> it's the only place I'll ever go. So at any rate, we roll up to this um, Starbucks at 9 o'clock in the morning. 
which is peak Starbucks time. And we are downtown St. Louis. And this is the place to be. No one works in St. Louis. I'm convinced of it. Nobody has a job. It's like Grand Rapids, Michigan, honestly. Nobody does anything but sit in the line at Starbucks. So there's a line going around the building and into the street, down the street, through a set of stop-and-go lights when we get there. I'm like, oh, dear God. Okay, well, girlfriend's sister ordered ahead, so her drink is done. All we have to do is brave the line. That can't be that bad, right? So we get in line, and we're chatting. We're like, we got nowhere to be today. It's a nothing day anyways, so we might as well just have fun with this. Yeah, that's good. So there we are, (laughs) sitting there for five minutes, ten minutes. 15 minutes, cut off by a couple of losers. Now we're at the 25 minutes. And uh, we roll up to the window finally, and they say the same thing. Hey, give us one minute. <laughs> what? You're just taking an order. Yeah, Who cares? Right. That's already been placed. Right. <laughs> so they come back and they say, oh, thank you for your patience. What would you like? I don't know, my three minutes back. <laughs> that's, that's what I want. So um, I order my drink, you know, because I've had a good long while to think about it now. So I've, I've come up with a simple, easy coffee drink. You know, I can't drink coffee, but you know, like a decaf something that I can get away with. Okay. Um, my better half orders her thing, and her sister is like, hey, by the way, my order's already been made. They sent me the text message. It's done. Here's my name. And they're like, okay, we're going to check on that. And the gal comes back like 15, 20 seconds later like, what did you say your name was? She says it again like, can you spell it? Like, this is a normal name. Like, you're not going to get confused yeah. hearing this name. In fairness... They are notorious for being bad with names. Yes. So that's what I'm thinking. And the gal comes back and she says, um, I don't see a, an order with that name on it. You what? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> She's like, well, I got the text confirmation. You made my drink. And they're like, well, did it have a croissant with it? No. <laughs> Ma'am, we don't have your drink. Well, just pull forward. <laughs> oh, dear God. <laughs> so we roll up to the window and this poor guy greets us, and he, he's trying to explain, like, you know, here's your three things. And we're trying to explain, like, hey, you made one but lost it, you asshat. <laughs> and he's like, oh, we're so sorry. We're going to have to remake that drink. Oh, God. So now, <laughs> 20, 20 minutes later, 20, two, zero minutes later, go by of this dude with the window open talking to us, trying to have a conversation. The weather's nice outside, isn't it? Or when someone drives by in a loud car. Wow, what a loud car. So where are you guys from? But this, this poor kid, he, he's doing all the talking but none of the listening. So my better half explains, yeah, you know, we're just in town. We're picking up my sister from army training. You know, we're from Wisconsin, so 60s is great for us. And this dude asked, I shit you not, every other question was, so where are you guys from? So where are you guys from? What are you doing in town? Like, dude, I just told you. And you can see in the back of this guy's eyes just the pain and despair setting in because this is the 15th car he's had to deal with this problem. Oh, yeah. And he's always looking behind us like, yep, it's almost done. It's almost there. It's almost there. It was almost there. I shit you not for 15 minutes. <laughs> we were on the edge of our seats. Almost there. And then we finally get these drinks. And it's not what I ordered. <laughs> it's not what I wanted. I didn't care anymore. I was so over the fact. We drove away, and I look at the clock. It is now almost 11. Yeah, time for lunch. Oh, I Almost time for lunch. Dude, it was absolutely bonkers. I watched a, a couple, a young couple. They got in line at the drive-thru in front of us, decided absolutely not. Drove out around, parked like three blocks away in a free parking lot, walked to Starbucks, went inside, ordered their drink, and were left frolicking. Smiles on their faces. 15 minutes before I did. I could have told you that. That's a problem with a lot of big cities I've lived in. If you're in a big city, you don't go through a drive-thru. You walk. If, right. If you can, because it's going to be a hassle no matter what you do. Also, St. Louis sucks. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's not let's not gloss over that <laughs> fact. St. Louis is the suck and blow of the nation. Yeah. Well, yeah. I would give that credit to Detroit, but St. Louis is up there. Okay. If you had to pick a worse state, it has to be Michigan, right? The worst state in the U.S.? Yeah. On what grounds? Okay. Like, all-encompassing or... Because a lot of different states, like, if I had to pick the worst particular spots of particular states, uh, there's a couple cities I would absolutely never find myself in, um, like New York City, Yep. anywhere in L.A. County, Detroit, yep. 
Manawa, St. Louis, Wisconsin. Chicago, Manitowoc or Milwaukee. No, no, even. no Manawa, Wisconsin. <laughs> Manawa, that's right. Yeah, you hate Manawa. It's a city of three thousand people, and they're all disgusting filth. <laughs> I I can't say I know, but trust me, um, brother. Trust me. Milwaukee, but at the same t- time, right now I live in Wisconsin, and I think Wisconsin's actually a great state. It's just, would I be able to choose where I live? In which case, I still wouldn't choose Michigan. No, like the upper, upper Peninsula sorts of place are beautiful. They it, got the yeah. water and the trees and all the nature and some really good stuff happening. But if you go to Michigan, I mean other side of Lake Superior, Michigan, <laughs> what good spots do you have? You've got Detroit, their crowning shit jewel. That place has yeah. been a dump since the 70s. In fairness, I think they are record breakers. They've had like the worst city in America for like 20 years in a row crushing it they're they're absolutely demolishing that stuff. bottom of the barrel and worse yet just down the road grand rapids michigan <laughs> i knew it was coming could you imagine could you picture Ugh. consciously thinking to yourself ah oh, you know let's, let's picture just, everyone close your eyes you're just married you could go anywhere in this world you've got a good paying job cost of living doesn't matter you close your eyes and think mm, sweetheart i'd love to go live in a place where there's speed bumps every 15 feet <laughs> And your dot lane, where people, there's a wig shop outside while it's raining, and there's people walking around with suspicious plastic bags, tipping over 12 packs of soda on you in a mire. Well, that's the hellhole I want to live in, sweetheart. Let's dash away. I, I feel bad for Grand Rapids, because I've lived, uh, because I've lived all over. I've lived in a lot of either in big cities or right next to big cities. Yep. Grand Rapids suffers from a bad case of runoff. Where Detroit became so filthy and destroyed that people were forced to move away from Detroit. And where does all the filth and whatnot run off from Detroit? Well, the next biggest city and whatnot, they move all the way down to Grand Rapids and everything starts being destroyed there. Yeah, it's within 70 miles. I think really that whole yep. radius is, is a very similar thing happening. That happens to a lot of big cities I've been to. Where, <sighs> um, say St. Louis, you that place gets utterly destroyed and whatnot. And it slowly started to push its way north and east. And all the people, they kept trying to move away. But then if everyone from one city that's causing the city to be destroyed moves in one direction, then it's just like a bulldozer. It just keeps going. I had actually um, a discussion for a multicultural education class that I was in. And we were discussing St. Louis particularly and, like, not the downfall of the city, but how it changed. Yep. And they were saying that in the 70s when they were giving out, the United States government was giving out mortgages to people, they wouldn't give them to black people. That was, like, explicitly stated in the U- by the U.S. government. And um, of the, like, the $150 billion we gave out for people, we, the U.S. government, gave out. <laughs> yeah. Only 2% of it went to black people. So they were saying that to, like, quote-unquote, make up for that, they'd build these high-rise um, public housing places in the downtowns of cities. And then those would start to go bad. So what would happen is the white people would move out to the suburbs because that's the place to be. You could get a good yep. mortgage. It was cheap rates. So it was like this white exodus from places like St. Louis, and then, like, the city would collapse in on itself. And that's – they were – the person, the professor, yep. was was – framing it as this black person thing like it was racism and it was like this deep-seated lack of multicultural understanding which we're not going to dive into for this chat because yeah, there's no, a lot that, of ways that's you a little bit that. heavy a lot of ways you could take that but what is most true is that if you have the bulk of the people that are making the money in the city taking it out of the city it will be a failing city yeah. because they're not putting money back into it they're just oh, taking yeah. out so that's how places like that happen. You look at Detroit. That is the epitome of what happened there. A bunch of people, the auto industry in particular, made a bunch of money. People moved out. They took the money outward. The city, the city collapsed. Happened all over the country. Yeah. So where do those people go? Hell holes like Grand Rapids. That's my <laughs> point in case here. Yeah. How would you fix that, though? How would I fix Grand Rapids? No, no, no. Keeping... Uh, good, thriving business in the big cities oh, to keep them alive. Thank God, that's so much easier. I mean, <laughs> although my plan for Grand Rapids is to demolish the whole thing. Yeah, because ideally, there's not much you could do except incentivize big uh, corporations that make the city thrive right. to stay there. Right. So it's 
kind of up to a policy thing to keep them there. Because if you don't incentivize them, or if the worse, if you decentivize, say, the auto industry to stay in Detroit, if you make it hell for them, they're going to move and now you have nothing. Right. I saw Detroit in particular. It's interesting we're talking about this because I saw that they were doing like this uh, greenery, sort of spruce up the city, bring Detroit back to what it was sort of deal. And it basically involved them buying up a bunch of decrepit houses, knocking them over, and putting um, gardens there. Like this sort of communal gardening thing that sprung up. It's not like it's taking over the city. Don't be ridiculous. (laughs) But it's an initiative they had to clean up some of the filth. It was um, producing produce so people could buy local Detroit-made produce, which I don't know if I want what's in that soil. (laughs) But And I also learned that you could buy a a brand-new house in Detroit. Well, brand-new is a stretch. Brand-new... Brand-new Detroit house. There it is. For like $2,000. Two thousand yeah. USD can buy you a brand new house in Detroit. Yep, but the problem is there's no initiative at this point that, unless you fully just pave over and start from scratch with Detroit, would a two thousand dollar house in Detroit appeal to you personally? Like if you think oh, about no, it. Oh no, absolutely not. Exactly. So, like they could make the housing cheaper now, but it's already past that point. You need something way more. Right. It doesn't matter how many gardens. Which. Granted, will look nice and whatnot in Detroit if you still have to deal with Detroit as a whole. Right. Like, it's kind of putting a fresh coat of paint over a Detroit house. It's right. not going to help. Right. When I was traveling through um, Missouri, we passed through a county that the take-home income, like a, like a dual family income, like the home income, total income for the year, was like $16,000. Yep. That's the total of what the family brings in. Yeah. That is crazy. And then you look over at Detroit and you're thinking, it still doesn't even compare. Yeah, no. It's just crazy. It's just crazy. Because also things are more expensive there, but also cheaper. I don't know. It's the Detroit problem. Yeah. It's like the, it's like the trolley car problem. <laughs> <laughs> Except worse. So that's where I was going with that. I'm feeling like... If you name the bad cities in each state, you're going to come up with Michigan as the place you don't want to go, right? Yeah, no, I would never, at this point with how it is, I would never live in Michigan. I could never afford to live in California, and I don't really want to. Like, right. There's a lot of problems. Um, there's a lot of places I wouldn't live on the East Coast, and a lot of that is derivative of your New York cities, your Baltimore's. Yep. It, it's really a weird side, but... paradigm where if you talk to people where they want to live and whatnot, there used to be a point uh, back in history where people thought cities were the place to be. They were awesome. But over the years, all the big cities have kind of festered and just become cesspools of everything nobody wants to deal with. So nobody wants to be in these big cities. Yeah, unless they're young people that want to live downtown for the party life or something like that. But the young people that want to do that, because the cities are so destroyed, downtown, like, the main drag is the only part of most of these big cities that are, like, suitable for right. most people's life. So the prices are astronomical. Oh, yeah. And if you have a, and some newlyweds in their 20s or even bachelors in their 20s, there is no way they can afford to live in, say, New York City drag or downtown Chicago. There's, It's not possible. You're right. I was watching an episode of House Hunters with my better <laughs> half because that's a show you can put on and just yeah. not pay attention to. There was this gal. She was trying to buy, I think it was like a vacation home in California, something where the Redwoods would be. And she paid, or maybe it was a couple. Yeah. And it doesn't matter. The point is they paid $1.2 million for this 1,700 square foot built in 1901 shit can. Yep. They paid $1.2 million. But if you want like the California property, that's what you're paying. It's just crazy. Maybe it was New York. It doesn't make exactly a difference. Exactly same thing. Yeah. exact same thing. It makes literally no difference. Yeah. Um, I had one more thought on the housing thing, but it's sort of it's kind of escaped me because I've been too busy contemplating the ad read that's about to happen. 
Oh man, I've still got it. <laughs> I've still got the skills to pay the bills, boys and girls. Yeah. Yeah. I, lost, could, I could see that one coming. I haven't lost a day. <laughs> I did actually forget what I was going to say, but I wanted to transition now because we were talking about housing. I was going to move to dating. This seems to be a staple topic that comes up on this show, specifically with COVID-19 and people being stuck indoors and moving toward online dating. This is something we touched on a little bit before. We've sort of hit the outer points of it, but I've got some statistics that I'd like to bring up for you if I could. Yeah. This is... Could you cite it first? I can't. Or is that going to ruin it? No, Pew Research Study, the research center, PW. So online dating and finding a partner through these platforms are more common amongst adults who identify as younger, not identify as younger, are younger, but identify as lesbian, gay, or bisexual. So um, this is a stat sheet of U.S. adults that, you know, have been dated or divorced are on online dating or have never used online dating. It's here. I'll I'll read some of this for you. So category one, for example, us adults that have ever used a dating site or dating app. There are 30% of adults who say they have done that, but there's only 12% of adults that have said that they have ever married or been in a committed relationship with someone they have met on a dating app. Now I think this is exposing (laughs) the crux of the online dating problem. Because whilst membership to online dating sites has risen over four million in yeah. su- in several places, um, especially you know the more known dating sites, yeah, this is not leading to people being in more long term and or effective relationships. Here's another stat for you. For example, um, people that are ages eighteen to twenty nine, forty eight percent of them said that they had used an online dating app. But only 17% have ever been married or in a committed relationship. That's truthfully higher than I expected. Um, although, I guess that determines, do they ever clarify what committed relationship or marriage works? Because if it's a marriage for six months and they get divorced, I still do not count that as a good relationship. Right, right. If anything, then you have more problems because you have a very short-term marriage and then you have all the problems of divorce. Yeah, I would agree with that. Moving on, it talks about college kids. <clears throat> or the same way, <clears throat> 35% of college kids um, said they'd used it. Only 14% in a committed relationship. So I'm thinking, you know, that's a pretty low one. High school students were the same way. 22%, only 7% in a committed relationship. I don't give a rip about that, though. I don't understand that. So, especially in the school setting, if you're in high school or college and you want a relationship... Why on earth would you look anywhere other than an entire bundle of people who are exactly your age and very accessible? Yeah, and they're just like you. They're going through the same thing. Exactly. You You don't need to be swiping on Tinder when you could just go down the hall. And it's good for sparking any sort of conversation because if you attend the same school, you have at minimum one thing in common. and And school is a good thing to build off of you definitely will have some other thing in common that you can bring up. And it's a good building block. I would also argue you'll know immediately if you can work with that person. Like if they yeah. say, hey, you know, obviously I go to the same school you are, but man, I take four classes, I'm failing. Or, you know, if that conversation starts happening or like, yeah, I'm a procrastinator or I'm 10 minutes late to every class, then you can easily make the decision, hey, do I get along with that person? Because you can reconcile a lot of things in a relationship. But you cannot reconcile the person that is 10 minutes early and 10 minutes late. <laughs> there is too much gap to make up there. That's that's 20 minutes difference, and that's going to be 20 minutes difference throughout all of your life that's together. exactly right. And yeah. as we know, that's half a Panda Express trip. Yeah. That's a long well, time. Well, almost half. Almost. You're giving Panda Express way too much credit there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, those, those stats don't um, phase me whatsoever. In fact, I, I'm i probably way more harsh than you are on this. I think you should not, under pretty much any circumstance, go on a dating site. It's a stupid idea. Here's the one that is interesting to me. LGBTQ plus people that answered this, 55% of them said that they used a dating app. So over half, and only 21% said they were in a committed relationship or married. And that is the lowest... 
um, percent stat line, even beating out the age 18 to 29. Yep. So that's saying that there are LGBTQ plus people that are going on these dating apps and are just coming up short. Yeah. Not not in terms of like as human beings, but in terms of reaching that goal of committed relationship. And I think it might actually beg the question: Is that their goal? Um, I, I think I don't have that. This stat. is a bad. This is a bad case of they just have the stats against them. Um, for the most part, because astronomically m- more people are um, tend to be traditionally straight and whatnot mm. than um, any part of the LGBT um, plus community. So if you're in that community, say I'm gay and I'm looking for another gay partner, most of the people I have around me and whatnot are automatically off the table because they're going to be straight. Right. So they they're probably feel more pressure to go to a dating site because then they know they have options, but then they fall into the trap where dating sites don't actually work. So it's kind of a... Um, think of it as you're casting for a particular fish. You only want silverfin tuna. Whereas um, if you're... If you're like one of us, if you're just traditionally straight looking for another traditionally straight person your your range of fish far um you have a far more range of fish to choose from than the one particular fish and i feel like that pushes um like the gays and lesbian community to try dating apps that way they can connect i think that's true i think there's a lot of truth to that i also wonder and i have no science to back this thought up I have nothing, only <laughs> only my inner inclining. I wonder if there's a technology gap going on. Like, for example, I wonder if people that identify as LGBTQ plus are also more involved in online, like social media, Twitter, Reddit. Almost certainly. I, I don't know that, but I would harp, I, I would hunch that it is. I would say almost certainly. Uh, but I actually don't think it has anything to do with their um, sexual preferences. I think it has everything to do with um, the older you go um, back in our society and American, the older someone is, the more likely they are to be straight. That's true. So the young, there is exponentially more people that are younger and in like the high school through college age range here um, that are parts of the not straight community and younger people tend to be more influenced and into social media and online and all the technology sort of things that's true so i think it's more that than the community themselves although there's probably some part of that community themselves I i think they're probably mutually um they're exclusive ideas that work together mutually yeah yeah. Being young and being part of the community both probably help. Yes, yes. It is kind of interesting. I don't want to take us down a, a weird rabbit hole of LGBTQ+, but I, <laughs> it is interesting. That can get you, us banned real quick. Yeah, when you look at um, research statistics about the percentage of people that identify as that and how the numbers have grown exponentially, and it's sort of interesting. More exposure. Right. It's interesting to think back and wonder what the 1940s would have looked like if we'd have had the openness about it today. I, I often wonder about that. Like how would, how would our society have changed? How would things have been different? Because you often hear about, you know, the 1940s um, men go to work, women stay home. They're the keepers of the house. The man's the keeper of the things outside. He's the moneymaker. And there's these sort of really strict um, gender based roles that have not degraded, but have altered in the past 70 years. And I'm wondering what it would look like if you prescribed all of that onto a pastime. I think that's very determinate of what people want. For example, in the 40s, no one ever actually poses this question, and I think it's the most important question of all. Um, Say you want... Exact, flip the traditional 1940s role. Say you want a stay-at-home father, just a house husband for... That's all he does. He takes care of kids, he cooks, he cleans. And then you have a CEO of a company as the mother in this 
um, regard. And um, is that what they want? I think that is the most important question. Because I don't really care about the statistics or what happens. Um, say 80% of men prefer to have traditional jobs and be breadwinners and whatnot. Well, if that's what they want, I don't think that statistic should have any influence over is it right or wrong. Or consequently, uh, women. If women, if 80% of women want to go work, by all means, I don't think the statistic of how many women in the workforce really matters. Whereas if, say, 80% of women want to stay home and uh, care for the family and be stay-at-home mothers and whatnot, at that point, the traditional gender role ideology, does that really matter? Because if that's what they want to do, there's no harm done. Right. So it really determines to the individual's want, which is why I don't think you can group things into entirety. Because in the 1940s, were there some women that probably felt pressured to be stay-at-home mothers and that's all they could do? Certainly. And I think that's bad. But in the 1940s, were there also women that wanted to be stay-at-home mothers and that's all they wanted to do? That's certain. That's certainly true as well. That's an interesting perspective. And it's one that I, I would... I would hold myself normally, um, but just in the context of this conversation, I, I don't know. Yeah? Yeah, I, I took it a little further left field than I, than I normally <laughs> do on a gentleman's chat. Yeah, I guess I, I got a little lost in that one. Yeah, sorry. I, it's, I, I feel it was important to bring up, though, because a lot of people nowadays, when thinking, especially, say, general topic, that's kind of a hot topic, where they'll talk yes. about men and women in a particular field or percent of women in the workforce or percent of men in the workforce and what they do. I do not take those raw stats to mean anything whatsoever. Because in order to take raw stats and try to attribute motive to them, you have to be in the mindset that you know what they want. Yeah, you're prescribing biases yeah. at that point. For example, a hugely dominated female... Um, field nursing. Is that bad that we have like 90% female nurses to 10% men? If men don't want to do that, not at all. I don't care if women dominate the entire field. If no man wants to do it, then why does that matter? Right. And that, that makes really good sense. So next time you guys uh, think on that or whatnot, don't think of just raw statistics and whether it's right or wrong. Think about what people actually want. I did not expect this turn. <laughs> I really was. I was. I was trying to just think in my. Sometimes head. I like to throw you curveballs. I know, and I think a lot of it is from these um, often pedantic, multi not multicultural ed classes, but those sorts of things that mm -hmm. I have to take. And I've been to a lot of different talks, particularly LGBTQ plus, because that's something that I can't identify with as a person or as a teacher. Mm -hmm. As you know, I can't identify with a student in that way. I can't connect with them in that way because that's not something I feel or understand. So sort of prescribing that idea, you know, that's what a lot of those classes teach you. And it's what they're teaching a lot of people. And I think it's, I'm not going to make a comment on if it's good or bad, but you could probably, <laughs> probably guess what I think on it. You know, sometimes when you're self-prescribing things to other people, yes, it's probably not the best idea. I will dive full in and, and I'll take the fault. I do not think those classes are very healthy because um, most of those classes that I've attended or been a part of group an entire group of people into wanting or having a s single mindset. And I think that's very harmful because everybody is an individual, but if you don't treat them like that, if you think just because they're part of a group they have to think or feel or act one way... I think that's horribly bigoted, and I do not respect it. Hmm. There it is. A gentleman's <laughs> chat. Might as well wrap it up 15 minutes early. There, we kind of crushed that. Maybe we shouldn't, because I've got one more thing Ooh. to scan through with you. I'll try to hold. I'll try to keep you straight and narrow. Yeah, this yeah, one. yeah. Keep me straight and narrow. This is this is all you, bud. Because <laughs> a little over a year ago, you gave me a top 10 biggest problems in the world list. 
Well, I would like to give to you the 2021 update of said list. Before before you read it off, can I guess the top three? Yeah, go for think? it. Go for it. Um, is this going to be blind or get, do I get to hear where it's from? Uh, blind, because where it's okay. from doesn't matter. Um, so if it's just generically like what will come the end of all things, like the worst problems? No, no, it's the, it's what people have said are the biggest problems in 2021. Okay. Three is climate change or global warming. Two is going to be racism or white supremacy. And then one's going to be COVID. It has to be. Wow. My friend, you are 0 for 3. Dang. Here's what we got on the tippity top. According to this. <laughs> yeah, we can start from down this time. We went backwards last According time. According to this. Here it is. Well, I was going to start at number one. Okay, that works. Here we go. Because I'm, I'm right here. Number one is abortion. Hmm. That actually threw me for a loop. I figured it would be somewhere on the list, but I did not realize it would be number one. Yeah. Abortion as in, that is the biggest issue. Do they just have issue as indiscriminately like that is an issue of topic or good or bad? I think it's saying that it's um, the hi- most highly debated topic. Oh, yeah. I still I still would have definitely put COVID up. When was this taken? Uh, was it end, end of the end of last year started. Oh, it this still year. should have definitely been COVID. Yeah, I, I'm wondering if they. Ah, uh, you pollsters screwed this up. They probably did. <laughs> you know, is COVID on the list? Um, I guess we'll get to it. We'll get to it. I'm getting ahead of myself. Yeah, you are getting ahead of yourself. <laughs> um, abortion is number one. That I can agree with as being a big issue. Yeah, it that's that's always been a big issue though. Even mm-hmm. when Roe v. Wade was overturned, it's sort of been this butting head of two different ideologies and it, i i don't think it's ever gonna stop because unlike most issues which are trying to fix the same problem but in different ways abortion is the conflict of ideologies they believe that the issue is something different yeah. so you cannot fix it because the issue is not the same right yes number two is health care that's pretty Generic. I figured it'd be on the list somewhere, but two's kind of high. Yeah, I'm I'm starting to wonder if they did these in like alphabetical order. <laughs> yeah, this doesn't right. seem to make sense to me either. Well, unless if COVID is not on the list anywhere, I'm gonna consider healthcare being COVID. That I'm just be. gonna I'm just gonna say people said like COVID or whatnot, and they're gonna group it into healthcare. Specifically, this is talking about the Affordable Care Act and sort of healthcare for everybody. Oh, so it's. So the topic is socialized healthcare. It has nothing to do with COVID. Correct. This is baffling. Let's get to you. I, I, this is, isn't it wild? Number three is budgets, which I think is based around, as I read the header of this, based around the economic troubles caused by COVID, that being the loss of people's jobs, the shift in the workforce, um, stimulus checks, that being the government yep. having to dole out a lot of money and the deficit that that causes, that has ended up at number three. I definitely understand that. That that one makes a lot more sense. Yes, that is the third issue. Now, your good friend, Mr. Climate Change, comes in just off the podium. Oh, what what did I put that on? Three? Uh, I thought you... I said climate change, then racism, and then I said COVID. Yeah. yeah you I did. was one off. You Darn. were one off. Nah, America, you were one off. <laughs> Everything said on a gentleman's chat is the truth. You a, guys are wrong. A gentleman's chat, <laughs> the right opinion. Exactly. Amen. It's never changed. Yeah, we still need those shirts with a gentleman's chat, and then you have like the little back one that said dot dot dot, and then like the right opinion. Yeah, yeah. Hey, we we could get a merch store. We've talked That's about true. it for a good long time. If you guys want a merch store, you can email us at a gentleman's chat at gmail.com. Yeah. We might check it this year. Oh, I, I've been keeping up on it. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Shoot. I've re- I responded there? to a couple people, but no one's requested like any question for the show or anything yet. Oh, wow. Yeah, well, we had the, we had the one which we um we got to got to. Yep, we did. It was six months late, but it was good advice. Yeah, we gave. and the rest were just personal ones for responses. We had a couple good jobs. Wow. So. None that said they want us dead yet. So we're Fantastic. not that big. Wow, that's good news. 
So climate change. Do you want to take a guess on what number five might be? All right. So we went from abortion to second was healthcare, then budgeting, then climate change. I'm I've been wrong the entire time here. What's right under climate change? I'm gonna say the Second Amendment, gun rights. You, my friend, are incorrect. Ah, <laughs> and here's why. It is not COVID that we're discussing. It is COVID shields. Oh my! <laughs> COVID yes. shields, like physical shields to stop COVID. COVID businesses and healthcare providers already overwhelmed financially and operationally. Uh, maybe crippled by lawsuits blaming them for COVID injuries, the concerns and exposures of these stakeholders has taken on new urgency with ongoing surge with the ongoing surge in cases related to deaths from the pandemic. So it is talking about PPE, personal protection equipment. It's talking about how the COVID death toll has gone up and how people have had to dole out billions of dollars for COVID shields. I'm going to say that's COVID. I, I, that, yeah, I agree. I think that's it's COVID. pretty much COVID. Yeah. Cause they said a $900 billion stimulus to cut. So, so far two of my three have been on the list. Yeah. America's just put them in the wrong order. Yeah. They've done it wrong. <laughs> and the next thing is criminal justice. That, uh, nah, I, I'm not going to give myself cause I specifically said like racism. So that's not quite criminal justice at all. The one that comes after, I'm kind of speeding through these now because yeah. I'm, this list is whack. <laughs> Apparently in 20 Criminal justice does make sense, though. It was on the last list, I thought. Yeah. Um, but it was framed a little differently. This is... Yeah, yeah. I don't know why this is this. It's criminal justice. Yeah. The next is election reform. I can kind of see that. I can see that making that, a That's a big list. topic here. I wouldn't... I don't think anybody would call it election reform, though. Right, right. Yeah. It's more of voting changes over the election change. The one that we have next... Actually, there, I'll leave you with two of them. <laughs> Got the fists up ready to box this article. <laughs> oh, my gosh. The next one is housing. <laughs> just, just housing? Housing, housing yeah. is the biggest issue? Yeah. Housing Let's be real. In the past year, have you... Or anyone listening, have you heard anybody talk about housing? No, I've anyone. Not. No. Once. No, I can't say I have. Wow, they're they're just making stuff up for this. You know what's below housing? <laughs> Policing. I thought we already had criminal justice. No, this is different. How is that different? Because criminal justice is referring to the people already behind bars. Policing is how we get them behind bars. Nah, the criminal justice system encompasses policing. There, that's oh a stretch. Oh my gosh, that's a stretch. What a hoot of an article! <laughs> this is almost as good as the time the New York, as good as the time the New York Times there you called go. Obama a hard right leaner. <laughs> Remember, they called him a conservative. Yeah, darn Obama being right winged. Oh my gosh. Whew. Yeah, that's why he couldn't run the third term. That that would do him. <laughs> it's that hard right stance that he has on it. Yeah. Oh my! Yeah, that, you threw me for a loop with those. I, I was kind of caught off guard. I was too when I read them. That's why I thought I would present them yeah. on the show. They're whack. I actually keep up with most topics of debate, and I listen to quite a lot of news, and I read a lot of news. I think they got that wrong. <laughs> yeah, I think they missed the mark. Whoever made yeah. that little article there, I think is a. They swung a little too far one direction <laughs> on it because it's it's definitely not it. Yeah. That's all I have for you. That was it. The That's article it? is much lengthier. It's got several more topics underneath it and it's just it's out of hand, frankly. Um, but that those were the major ones to touch on. Wow. What's funny is yeah, the list is those. Yeah, the list has remained largely unchanged from what it was a year ago. Yeah. In a slightly different order. And that's only because COVID came in, so it's adapting. And the poor order. wording. And poor wording. They yes. I don't yes. think they realized what they thought they were saying. No. I would say though, um, you don't have to pick from that list. But what do you think is the most heated topic of contention in America or the world, if you're on that sort of scale for Billy Brandt? Wow, that is actually a tough one. Because my heart wants to go to, like, education because it's, first okay. of all, my thing. It's always... Two separate things. One that you believe is the most heated um, point of contention for 
Americans in general, like the populace, and then a personal one. I see. I think my populist one is going to be abortion for the reasons we mentioned. A lot of things, um, <clears throat> for example, climate change, you can reconcile a lot of that with science. Housing is economical. Even economics in general is something that you can look at a set of facts and understand. And even if you interpret them differently, you still have a baseline of fact to yeah. go with. Everybody has the same goal. It's just different branches of how they want yes. to get to the goal. And exactly what we were saying earlier about abortion is the truth. There is just people in two firmly different camps that cannot talk to each other and cannot reconcile each other. Yeah. It is either you are for this thing or you are against it. And for that reason, I think it's the most highly debated thing in American society and will be for as long as we live, I think. Yeah. Um, a personal one. Man, I don't know. I like I said I was I was um, foreshadowing education earlier, but that's always gonna be the same thing. Everyone wants to get to the same goal, but doing it differently. Yeah. And also, I've just given up caring on it. I it doesn't really bother me. I'm just in my little classroom doing my thing. So um, standardized tests don't affect me. Also, because I'm in music. Yeah, fair so enough. So you can't. There's no. You can't really standardized test me. Um, <laughs> So I think where I would go is back to those sorts of hot button economic and or climate change things. Not in that I'm personally invested in them, like I am Mr. Take a Hard Stance, <laughs> but I find looking at them really intriguing because hearing different people's perspectives on it, really smart people that have a really good basis of understanding in this topic have wildly different ideas. Yep. And I find that really interesting. Yeah. It's just coming up with those different branches to get where everybody wants. Yeah. It's one of the fun things about debating in general, really. Oh, yeah. Looking at both sides of a topic. And this is not for now, and this is something we've mentioned before, but I think people don't do that enough. No. There's so much um, vitriol and this need to be right, like the sort of egocentric that everyone's watching me Exactly. You just gotta. Sometimes you need to have Ian tell you that you're <laughs> way down the rabbit hole on your stupid idea. Exactly. Conversation and communication is key to build pretty much anything. Yeah. And we've kind of lost that. And we haven't defaulted to what is true. I feel like if we've given up um, actual debate or trying. Um, or trying to go for the same goals, especially in our country, everybody should just listen to me. Well, I mean, I, I don't know where you could go wrong with that idea. Yeah. Well, I often thought if everybody agrees that there's no agreeing or one side is just terrible and of any sort of topic or issue and nobody is willing to compromise, the logical conclusion to this um, issue this dilemma can't be fixed by continuing to debate because neither side, immovable object, unstoppable force. Right. It will never change. So the logical conclusion to this is pick one person to just decide what is right. The issue with that is there is no one person who can fully represent the will of all to choose what's right. So then the logical conclusion to that is to place yourself as the highest power. That's why I jokingly said you should just listen to me. Because if two sides cannot um, get along under any circumstance, and no proper moder moderator can encompass all sides in the best for all, well, you're the next best bet because at least you know fully what you want and can accomplish. And I think it's really sad because there is no world which you should put yourself above the thoughts and ideas of anyone. However, if you cannot um, come to a understanding with someone, you're only left with that alternative. You're only left with your own thoughts and opinions. Wow. And on that, boys and girls, episode 28 of A Gentleman's Chat, we covered a lot of stuff today. We've made up a lot of ground from, uh, from when our last episode was. And again, if you have something you want to ask us, 
If you have a problem you want us to solve. If you want to send us money. You can always send us money. We always accept money. Uh, in any Are we currency. allowed to say that? I have no idea. Oh, send us all the money. Yeah, all your money. We'll really test it because if we push the balance, then at least we'll get like a notification saying, "Hey, you, you can't like panhandle." Right, right. On your we podcast. set up a Patreon <laughs> or whatever that that we can set up a Patreon. People. We'll just put really arbitrary things like if you get to this tier, we will clap once a week. <laughs> You'll never be able to hear it. Like we're not going to record it. We'll just clap once a week. At some point guaranteed. During my week, I'm clapping and saying yeah. your name. And then for like the big ticket, like the hundred dollar full Patreons, we will brush our teeth with like our non dominant hand for you. <laughs> it's a once video. a week. Yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh, you could have such a hoot with something like that. Exactly. There it is. The next money making scheme coming from a gentleman's <laughs> chat. Boys and girls, thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time on. A gentleman's chat with your hosts, Ian and Billy.